0: People, yes, sir. Welcome to the Hollywood Heels podcast. Yes, ma'am, too. Actually, by the way, uh, I just I, I got to pay respect to all the to the mommies out there. Uh, I am the rock star, the Renaissance man, the Duke Russo, and I am joined by the the also mommy worshiping uh, divine voice himself, Henron. What's going on, dude? Hello, what's going on?
1: And yes, warm welcomes to each and every single one of you miserable people out there uh, who are here with us for tonight's episode of some blue Smackdown action with a sprinkle um, of some taste of what we're getting into with the Royal Rumble coming up here next weekend as I am now made aware from my mildly delirious state. But how did you enjoy this episode?
0: Good, sir. This this was a this was a fast paced. I, I mean, I guess maybe it started a little slow, but it was a bang 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 episode on the Blue Brand tonight from from the A Town Down, which you know I'm assuming we were originally going to get a, a big Austin Theory match in this one, but uh, but he's you know kind of on the shelf, even though we do see his face, even though it was probably a tape segment. But yeah, how'd you enjoy this?
1: I liked it, you know, like like you said, a lot of bang bang action, bang, bang, hashtag bang bang gang. I, I hear on, on the other wrestling front, we got like a bang bang scissor gang or something going on. I got to go check that out. But this was this was very fun. It felt like we had a lot more matches than we normally have on an episode of SmackDown. Um,
0: So it went
1: by very quick.
0: Yeah, we most certainly did. Uh, since we started this. I am pretty confident this was the most matches that we've had on a uh, on a Smackdown. We had five. and I feel like three and a half would be the average if we averaged it out. Um, we've gotten a couple fours, probably more threes than fours. so maybe maybe a little closer to three point three. but uh yeah, we we had a lot of matches and and the the end of the show was just like one like they just floored it and and we we're like let's let's just get this shit over. That's why I'm not wondering if like something happened that they had to like make up time somewhere else, I don't know. But um I mean there were no injuries. I I don't know. It, it all kind of boils over into our I'm I'm going to call them co-made events, but we we get here via a long road, we open the show we got uh, Jay and and well, Jay, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy and Solo there to to greet Roman as he's getting out of the car. He's pissed. He's here because no one fixed the goddamn thing. Uh, he walks off. Solo's like, "Yo, I'll fix everything." And then and then we walk right into the contract signing. Um, Aldis introduces everybody. AJ first since he's from Georgia. Uh, L.A. Knight, Orton, they all sign a contract, introduces Roman. Roman doesn't come out, it's just, my name is Paul Heyman. Uh, he, he's on the microphone saying, uh, I i need to look this over, our attorneys need to look this over, Roman ain't signing shit. Aldis loves it, that's fine. Uh, this can be a triple threat for the vacated title, then. um, Heyman just slights Aldis left and right, calling him mediocre. Uh, uh saying that he's a, a Heyman wannabe in in his suit game and I'm like that's a little that's a little far. Um he, he can't sell that one. Uh he also can't sell this whole situation of it being a triple threat for a vacated title. And at the end of the day it should be a one on one match uh, everybody kind of chimes in here, Knight saying he pinned Roman, but his, his cross-eyed half cousin saved him, this should be my rematch, AJ goes at Knight saying you're lucky to even be here, they bicker back and forth, they end up brawling, Heyman's loving the scene, uh, and, and Randy sees through Heyman's games and addresses Heyman directly, because it ain't gonna work. And he's going to take out Solo Sokoa tonight and then RKO Roman Reigns. So this is just a whole flurry to start off with. Yeah, what a great
1: wild opening. Um, I, I love the backstage when Roman's showing up. He, de- he doesn't even acknowledge Jimmy and Solo. He just addresses the issue and why he's here. You know, subtle things like that, really playing into the character. I love that shit. And then... You know, solo, I'm gonna fix everything. Just like he said. I love that he doesn't talk, but every time he does talk, it's so serious. And they always zoom the camera in like three inches away from his face every single time, you know, to show how intense he is with everything that he says. Beautiful chef's kiss. Um, we get everybody out there to sign their contracts and they're just signing contracts and the Heyman suit comment to all this. I will note I'm not a fan of black suits. I feel it's plain and it reminds me of funerals. And I get it. It's a classic. But And then he, which I'm a a fan of doing this, but some people say you're not supposed to do this. He had the brown belt and the brown shoes with the black suit. So that's, you know, like taking that step right there. So maybe that's why he wore the black to mix it up. With the brown, but as he said that Randy Orton is looking all this up and down, like you know, he does have a really nice suit on. His face behind him, I was dying during this little segment. Um, you know, they're all talking mess and then LA Knight was talking, and he said he keeps spouting off that he had Roman Reigns pinned, and he should have won. And I'm like, again, LA Knight, I think you need to have a conversation with the Legal Eagle. Because Roman's foot was under the ropes and uh, clearly by the WWE bylaws I thought we've this was pre-established uh, we'll, we'll eventually we'll come back to that because I think it comes up later again in the show but I will not stop mentioning it every time I hear that but yeah Randy Solo tonight will Solo continue to be the legend killer like he was with John Cena? Uh
0: I, We'll find out but can you legend killer the legend killer? There's, they gotta be, yeah that's like a new term like that's like a new thing I I
1: can't I can't off top right, right now with that but that's like a man
0: That's like a double negative right there That's what I'm saying Like what if a black hole swallows a black hole do we all just die I think so I don't know where we're going. (laughs) Right. Does anything happen? Do
1: they just pop back out and back to what happened? All right. We we just
0: go back to the beginning of time. I think that's what happens. Like, it's it's like the reset button on the universe. (laughs) Anyway, we got uh, Styles coming up to Aldis as Aldis is is trying to walk into Roman's uh, clubhouse. Seems to be the new fad term these days. And uh, he's like, yo, I want LA night tonight. They make it official. So that's why I'm calling this co made events because this shit just like all blurs together. We end up in the, in the bloodline clubhouse a little bit later. And uh, Roman is criticizing Jimmy, the QB, the audible caller, the hot routes, as some may say, saying, you know, you send Heyman out there. There's only one wise man, but there's two of you. Yeet. No yeet. Yeet. No yeet. Solo's like, yo, I'll fix this. And then just storms off. What? <laughs> I don't even understand what goes on in half these segments anymore.
1: Yeah, uh, Roman was just going off, uh, tearing into Jimmy. But this was the first time that Solo has stood up for his brother. He stopped. He said, hey, last week, that was on me. You named me the Tribal Air for a reason. And I'm going to show you that tonight. And like this was the first time, I don't wanna maybe ever, that like solo has kind of been like I don't know if it felt like support for Jimmy, but at the same time support for himself. I don't know. So some type of actual character growth I saw here.
0: So actually I had a couple thoughts on solo and it all really stemmed from the beginning of the show when when he walked off after Roman and says i'll fix this and he, he looks like at roman like i'm going to fix all of this and i was like is he going to take out roman like relatively soon here cuz that that's what i feel like his i'm going to fix all of this thing is cuz he's like if i get roman out of the picture then i can take care of all of this yeah like what if Solo wins the Rumble? <laughs> is he even in the Rumble? Has he declared? Yeah, only like three people have declared. Let's be real,
1: which is dumb.
0: Yeah, I, it's, I, I don't even know where we're gonna end up with the Rumble because, like we said, there are so many people that could end up winning this. But uh, as as we go on through the night we'll we'll get to the first of our two main events i'm calling them two main events co-main events because the matches literally just run right into each other and the first one that we got is aj styles versus la Knight. yeah yeah take it away oh
1: man so at first My first thought when I saw this match, because I haven't seen AJ in a while, and I apologize for having this initial reaction, but I saw AJ, I saw LA Knight, and I thought, "Uh uh-oh. I was like, LA Knight? I was like, "Uh uh-oh. I was like, I don't think this is going to be good. And then I stopped. Literally, the next sentence, I was like, oh, shit. This is AJ Styles. This is about to be LA Knight's best match in WWE, right? So I was you know, kind of hyped. Getting into this. And then again, uh, commentator, I believe it's Kevin Patrick. I don't know who the other guy is that was there with Corey Graves. Um,
0: Kevin who, Patrick, correct.
1: Okay. Yeah. Like, I, I forget that he's there, but this was the one line I heard from him. And he kept talking about how LA Knight had Roman Reigns pinned. And I'm again, you're spreading misinformation. All right. Call the Legal Eagle. Four 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 four, <laughs> four 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 four. Right. I don't call that number. That's actually like a, a lawyer or somebody. Uh, where I'm at. Right. But <laughs> <laughs>
0: unless you need some actual legal assistance,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you might need that assistance, then you know I, I need to cash that ad re- ad revenue. But they they both came out pretty aggressive. I feel like they were giving LA Knight a bit more early on, like in this match. Like, yeah, each would you know one second. LA Knight's on top. One second, AJ Styles is on top. But it just felt like after every opportunity, LA Knight would kinda end up on top. Um, he kinda threw AJ Styles into like the bottom turnbuckle. His leg hit the post. So like it sounded really hard. So I'm not too sure if like his leg was supposed to be injured or his head on the turnbuckle. But I don't know. It didn't it didn't look good and it sounded great. So that was a nice little spot. AJ's great. Um they ended up outside and LA Knight's doing the yeah. You know, basketball head bounces off the announce table to AJ Styles after they were just fighting on the outside in the the very special timekeeper's barricade area that you just always fight by right there for some reason. And um and then they go and Jimmy comes strolling out, just walking like Roman Reigns Undertaker slow walking for no reason and alien knight's like okay so he stops beating up aj goes to get him and then jimmy's like oh never mind so he (laughs) backs up the ramp and then now alien knight's like "Oh, oh all right then yeah so then he goes back to the announce table to go fight aj again aj kicks him in the head and then as they're um as they're you know kind of you know trying to recover and brawl it out out of nowhere here comes Solo in the timekeeper's area to hit the big spike on LA night. And he's done. He gets out there. He throws, LA, I'm sorry, he throws AJ into the stairs. They get in the ring. He spikes AJ. And then uh, there's people in the crowd. And they got the thumbs up. They got the thumbs up for Solo, right? We got some, some Solo thumbs in the crowd. And he grabs the mic and he says, two down, one to go. Randy Orton, get out here
0: now. <laughs> so, was that LA Knight's best match in WWE? That was
1: like, if we're talking the amount of action from bell to bell, that's the most uh, action that's ever been. For in that you know amount of time, belt to belt in an LA night match, would I say best? No. Would I say top three? Yes.
0: The AJ and and I, as you were going through this match, I was trying to think of like a, a guy currently on the roster that's better than AJ at getting his opponents to have one of their top tier matches and. Seth is up there, I would say, for like getting the most out of guys. But it probably is AJ.
1: I, I 100% agree with you. That's why he's great. And two guys that they recently got rid of that were actually really great at it as well: Mustafa Ali and Dolph Ziggler.
0: Yeah, yeah, good call on on Mustafa Ali for sure. Um, and also. Seeing all this, like AJ and LA Knight together since AJ's return, I'm like, is AJ actually bigger than LA Knight now? Man, like
1: the crowd, the crowd is still like super hype for LA. I I, I was honestly, I mean, physically. Oh, physically? I mean, he does look like he's put on some, uh, some gains.
0: Yeah, like, I I don't, I'm telling you, when when these guys get injured, WWE gets them on that BPC-157, man, and shit, it shows. It's
1: on done to shits, bro, like, they definitely are on, like, and they got all, like, the special, like, IV drip, like, they got some extra special, just pure chemical technology, and it's just, like, great, and I guess that's what you need when you're, how old is he, 46? How old is this guy?
0: Uh, I think you were on the money with 46 because I felt like they said it in the match.
1: Maybe that's why that's in my head.
0: Uh, Yes, yeah. 46 years old. LA Knight's 41. Yeah, Crazy. Yeah, uh, he's he's fucking Jack, Dude, what is Charlotte going to look like when she comes back?
1: I, I saw her like in the gym or something recently, right? Like on social media.
0: Yeah, she posted some sort of, she was doing like leg presses or something, I think, for the first time since her surgery. Um, But dude, she's going to come back looking like an absolute fucking monster. She's going to be like more jacked than Jade Cargill, who basically, I feel like Jade Cargill was like trying to be as jacked as Charlotte used to be, because Charlotte used to be really fucking jacked. And uh, man, when she comes back, she's going to be a monster.
1: It's like the the women's upper echelon scene in twenty twenty four from Money in the Bank to Survivor series right there. I I think that that top women scene is gonna be the biggest and strongest that
0: we've ever seen in the history of WWE. I am gonna agree, especially so like I I've seen conflicting reports now whether Camille is coming to uh, WWE or not. But if she does, like, she should because she fits... First First off, you know, AEW and and women, you know, don't always belong in the same sentence together. They, they just... <laughs> they don't book them very well over there and, and they got, what, two fucking belts and no tag belt? So, it's just limited hardware over there. I think... WWE books women better than AEW. I don't think any. I think people in both companies will agree with me on that. Um, just, just ask DMD on on it. She'll she'll let you know. But uh, yeah, I I would love to have her in WWE to end up in that like jacked women's division, the badass division. You know, Rhea, Charlotte, Jade uh uh zoe stark uh naya the the smallest one of the bunch becky because she still belongs in that crew like man that's just i'm excited for it
1: oh yeah and and like i think the great thing about it as well is like put the belt on becky that way she kind of doesn't have to wrestle as much and then we can have more matches, these quote-unquote qualifier matches between all these big women. So all the dream matches we want to see, we're basically getting just as TV matches. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I kind of like that aspect of it. Then you can always throw them in some big-ass money in the bank ladder match. You know, Survivor Series. Maybe we have a traditional Survivor Series match that maybe 2024. I I, I can get that. Maybe I don't know. Right? We'll see.
0: Yeah, and then eventually one of them wins the belt and then we just run it all back again. Like that that's like 3 years with a booking right there, man.
1: Yeah, like it's it's right there. It's so easy, literally. Goodness. All
0: right, so this second main event that we literally bleed right into, we've got Solo versus The Real Legend Killer, Randy Orton.
1: And so, I wasn't paying that much attention to Solo. I guess cause he was behind the barricade. I couldn't, you know, see his shorts or pants or what he was wearing. Cause I just thought I thought he was wearing a white shirt, right? I thought that's what he was wearing when he first popped up. But then they come out and he's just, you know, no shirt in his trunks. And I was like, did he go backstage and change? Or was he like that? I was like, whatever. But then Aldous was out here just watching on the side as well. And I was like, oh, and he's still holding on to the contract from earlier. And I'm like, oh, okay, he's just gonna that's weird, you know. But all right, cool, whatever. Let's just you know, watch the match. Um, yeah, they're fighting. You know, they let Solo come out early on top. They end up outside, um, trying to fight. You know, Randy trying to do his table stuff. Solo won't let him. Randy gets thrown into the uh into the stairs, but Randy eventually gets the backdrop on the table, on the announce table. They're going back inside the ring and Randy's hitting that. Draping DDT. There was there's like the like a, a close-up of this when people are like reposting it online. But why did he hold the guy and he just goes, yep, 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 and then goes like ah and makes like this face with his tongue before he DDTs him? It's absolutely ridiculous. Like you need to look that shit up. It's I don't know why he did that, but he just fucking hits that guy with the DDT with this weird ass face, about to hit the RKO, but and he gets distracted because here comes Jimmy again. But this time Jimmy gets attacked by LA Knight. Jimmy kind of recovers and he's gonna run back up the ramp, trying to get away from LA Knight. Because you know, now he can't go to the ring. He said, Fuck it, I'm just gonna bounce. But then he gets jumped by AJ Styles as he's trying to escape again right there. And then um now we get we get back to the ring and you know Randy's like paying attention to everybody on the ramp. And then you know Solo gathers himself, and here it comes. He's about to finish Randy off with a spike, and Randy counters it into the RKO. Boom. There we go. And that's the match. And now LA Knight and AJ are in the ring, and they're kind of chit-chatting. And then Randy hits the RKO on LA Knight, spells it out, hits the RKO on AJ Styles. Out of nowhere comes Roman. Roman hits a a Superman punch, which he he missed it, like 100%. He missed it. And then Roman's so happy with himself. He's so pleased. He's smiling and just basking in the moment of all of his future Royal Rumble competitors laying in the ring, and he takes the contract from Aldis, and he signs it, and he goes to give it back to Aldis. And when Aldis reaches for it, he just throws it to the ground disrespectfully. Randy's finally getting back up. We get the ooh, -ah, he's going for the spear, and Randy counters it into the RKO once again. And yeah, you know, looks like uh, we're on for a nice four
0: way match at Royal Rumble. Yes, sir. And uh, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I felt like that was one of the more predictable RKOs ever. Yeah, like,
1: there's no way you RKO'd everybody else on the show, and that's not happening. You know what I'm saying? I'm surprised he even got that Superman punch-off, right? But I guess he still had to sign the contract. I don't know.
0: Well, and and not only that, but it was one of these glorious moments of, like, how you're always saying with, with Drew in the Claymore countdown, you know, the spear and the ooh ah, The ooh ah sold him out and made him eat an RKO this time. So, there you go. Maybe... I mean, he ain't gonna stop it, but whatever.
1: He, he's not, man. But how do you predict this match to end at the rumble?
0: I mean, there's only one way it can end, and that's that's with Roman Reigns winning with the help of Jimmy and Solo. But it's it, there's gonna be more than that. Like there's gonna be some sort of shenanigan that we're not gonna see. Um, they're there's gonna big, get backup from somebody.
1: Yeah, like there's a big storyline twist that that's got to carry us into Chamber and Mania. Like this guy, something has to happen. Somebody, and I just hope it's not some. Like I don't need to. I don't need to see Jay or.
0: No, it's like not gonna that. be Jay. It's a, It's almost gonna be something wild. Like AJ is gonna turn on everybody and join the Bloodline. I could see that. I could see that. Because he's been running rogue, you know, there was some sort of thing where the OCs like, we got your back, bro, and he just walks away. And I mean, he he did that to Me Chin when Mi Chin uh, fought and lost. She's like, how did I do? How did I do? He's like, did you win? No. And then he just leaves, you know, so may- maybe it's that. Um, maybe, maybe, uh, no, Rumble's too soon. I was gonna say maybe Okada is gonna show up and join the bloodline. Oh my god! But I, if I recall, his contract is up fe- uh, February first, so it's a couple days too early. Do you think he's gonna end up in WWE? Like, where do you? I think it's gonna be AEW, just because they'll still let him wrestle in Japan because of the Osprey stuff and and whatnot. But, um. Our 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 homeboy Chad over there, uh, he he thinks it could be WWE, even though he's an AEW fan, just because of the history with uh, Shinsuke.
1: I think just because of the relationship that he has with the people at AEW, I think I think that man, like low key, is like really love the young bucks or something like that cuz he's always like randomly playing with their kids or stealing like and uh, Matt or Nick Jackson's gear and then he'll just like put it on and like pretend to be one of the young bucks backstage like he he has such great matches with Omega and Osprey and you can't have those matches without having trust in a relationship with that person especially with the working relationship with you know that company and he does have some history with the ring of honor and stuff like that. I think he wants to do both. And I, I feel like it would be a three to five year deal. And then
0: he'd move on.
1: Cause I kind of feel like that's
0: kind of I mean, a, a, he's timeline. not super young. So I'm if I recall, he's like 36. So if he does like a three to five year deal anywhere, it's probably going to be his last deal.
1: Okay, but you act like a 39-year-old Okada pulling up to WWE and Triple H. You act like they're not gonna go nuts over this
0: guy. This is true. I just he he's got a lot of mileage on his body, and you know, he his matches aren't Roman Reigns. I'm gonna walk around for 20 minute matches. You know what I mean? So I I just don't know. It's like like Kenny Omega. There are times where I question how much longer... I mean, he's got this whole diverticulitis thing going on, but like a lot of times I question how much longer are we going to have Kenny Omega because the dude just beat the fucking piss out of his body at a much more alarming rate than most wrestlers have.
1: 100%, but I think when you change companies, you're not really doing that yeah your body's in a worse condition but it's a lot more protected because i feel like more of the product is the character and the story versus actually wrestling you know look at kind of what they're doing with randy it's a give and take because yeah they're giving him less he's got to do less but you're still seeing him having multiple matches but you know, he said the one thing that hurt him the most is doing the RKO. And as we can see, he's hitting it on everybody. So like if you have a finisher that doesn't mess you up and you can talk a lot, hit your finisher and be around and they can sneak you in and out of matches and every three or four months you could do something, you know, like look at CM Punk. That guy's about like that guy's about to fall apart. Right? And that's how I feel, right? I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but that's that's what I see, right? And they got like all these people are still younger than everybody's that's on the roster now who's fucking falling apart themselves doing the WWE shit. I don't know. I feel like they could do some WWE shit even I mean at the same age the WWE people are doing it now. I mean look at AJ.
0: Yeah, but can like these like you said, these guys walk around and talk and I don't know how Okada's English is, to be completely honest with you. I mean, yes, they let Shinsuke do promos in Japanese, but that's taped, you know? And unless it's a situation like damage control, may- maybe maybe Dakota Kai will be his, uh, his valet and translate for them. I don't know.
1: Either that or make it work, because NXT Shinsuke... Was the hottest guy on the brand for a minute. You know what I'm saying? And he, I don't remember him having any words, just like Asuka. All she said was, nobody ready for Asuka.
0: Yeah, yes. But them performance center vibes are different, you know? Like it just, it, it's just different. And yeah, Asuka is still super over and whatnot. And, and, you know, Shinsuke certainly has his following as well. I don't know. I, I, I'm skeptical on that one. I did read some articles. Maybe it was like PW Insider or somebody was saying that, you know, WWE, the Trump card is WrestleMania, giving him a WrestleMania moment whether it's this year or next year or something like that. Uh, obviously, with everything they've got going on, there's no way they could give him a main event this year. You know, may- maybe second to last match or something like that or like a crazy rumble moment. Uh, not a rumble. Uh, a, a, a crazy, maybe get him in a tag team moment, get him a tag team belts or something. But um, apparently he's a big WrestleMania fan and would love a WrestleMania moment. But... I don't know. Wembley all in is pretty fucking wild too. Yeah. You
1: know, like another, another big giant thing for him to
0: be him. Yep. All right. So let's, let's dial it back. Let's go, let's go to some of these other things that we had going on. So the first match that we had tonight was a match. I feel like we're going to get 30 fucking times. It's a match that I feel like we've already gotten 30 times. Uh, we had LWO plus Carlito, which I find it interesting that they don't consider like Carlito part of the LWO. They always say LWO and Carlito. And I'm like, I thought Carlito, like, I thought this was the whole thing that caused the split is they chose Carlito over Santos or some shit that Santos was saying, which didn't even actually happen. But that always confuses me. However, what is phenomenal is that they are officially being called Legado de Fantasma. Uh, uh, Angel and Umberto and Santos Escobar,
1: yeah, yeah, and at least this was entertaining. Uh, this, um, Cruise Tales ah, he has like, I'm just not down, like, I already don't like Carlito, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, his whole, he, he's just kind of older, I didn't really watch
0: him back in he the ain't day, good anymore, bro, yeah,
1: like, his moveset is boring to me, no, Joaquin Wild. That guy, very entertaining to watch. He gonna be somebody, right? They need to they need to push him, and honestly, he needs to get out of this LWO because he's literally the best person in the group. And I think, uh, at this point, there's damn near including Ray Mysterio. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't know, man. Like, make make it him, Ray, and Dom, and then just have Ray be the mouthpiece for uh Joaquin Wilde and Dominic and, and that's that's the new LWO and like I could get behind that shit, get rid of Carlito and Del Toro. I'm sorry. Even though Del Toro does hit some nice moves, he's just Ugh, like it's just not good. Um I'm just I'm just not happy about it. But when we did have Wilde in there, he hit this giant uh Til DDT on Umberto where he just threw the guy up fucking high as shit in the air. That was great. Um, Umberto hit a disaster kick that was 10 times better than Cody's. Uh, I'm sorry. Good thing he's on a different show, but like you can't, uh, do and move better than who they want to be the top guy. That's hilarious. Uh, it all ended cause Carlito missed, uh, like a, a sneak tag from Santos Escobar. And he went to, you know, try to get a pin and Santos snuck in and ended up getting the pin on him for the one, two, three. So, quote unquote, not a legitimate victory, like you said. So now we're going to see multiple of these likely. And I don't know how this will end. I guess when Ray comes back and Ray beats them, but that means is it going to be a four and four? And we're going to see Ray. Santos
0: again? I mean, I, I feel like... I feel like what we're going to see first, they've been super quiet on Ray, which means that he's coming back very soon, which means that I expect him to be back in the Rumble, and I also expect him to eliminate Santos Escobar in the Rumble. Uh, I think that's step one. Okay. And yeah, uh,
1: when I was... Uh... Talking about who declares for the Rumble, I had Googled it and um, in the actual Royal Rumble photo, uh, Rey Mysterio is on the poster. So there's no way he's not in it. Sami Zayn's also on the poster. So, I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense, right? Bobby's on there. Uh, Drew, Cody, Kevin, um, Judgment Day, right? So, and Seth. So, we, you know, pretty much, and then some females, but. And then they said uh, some of the competitors actually announced it. We saw Cody, Punk, Shinsuke, Bobby, Drew, Gunther, all on Raw. But evidently on the 20th, yesterday on YouTube, Gable, Otis, and Tazawa all entered on YouTube yesterday, evidently.
0: I, I think that one was relatively predictable. Uh, Otis, I feel like, is in it every year, even though like... Last year's Rumble was at an obnoxiously long entrance ramp, and yeah, (laughs) Otis running down that entrance ramp. It took him like eighteen minutes to get there. It was it was pretty pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. That was the one that had was like a big L, right? Yeah, it was obnoxious. Like it was too much when when you have an event like the Rumble. I I would prefer them to shorten the entrance ramp rather than make it longer. Yeah, that would uh, make
1: a lot of sense.
0: All right, so we've got um, a segment that leads into a match for us. We've got Kayla interviewing Pretty Deadly. And, you know, this is this we find out that they're fighting a uh, British strong style again. and but but they're smart boys. They're pretty smart boys. Yes, boy. They are far more prepared this time. There are there can be no surprises. They are fully ready for their match. We get pretty deadly versus British strong style featuring Pete Dunn. The
1: return of the bruiserweight, Pete Dunn. So we got to take a minute. Yes, boy, right? Uh, yeah, they're pretty smart boys. That was that was a cute little backstage segment. They come out there. And then we had the return of Peter Dunathan himself. Pete Dunn is back. He makes the fist. He puts it on his chin. And the crowd is hyped. The crowd is feeling it. He had a presence. When he came out, the crowd was chanting "Bruiserweight." They remembered who this guy was from, in like from NXT, because he was never—I mean, maybe he was on the
0: main roster a handful of times, as Pete done. But like, I think not, they said it was like nine years or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, like not really, especially not recently. So great, great, great for him. Very happy to see that, and they just let him do his thing he was twisting the fingers and breaking them he had like an arm trap on who's i don't know kit wilson and bent it back for the arm breaker hits the stomp and he's just vicious doesn't matter you know like everything he does uh pretty deadly did have a nice uh like fireman's carry toss into a lung blower that was a pretty nasty move right there but then uh Peter Dunathan is back in again, hits the snap German double stomps to the fingers into the head kicks, counters the back suplex into another head kick. He's just on fire. He hits the Xplex, which is just like the extra quarter release you know suplex throwing one opponent onto the other. It was just nasty, and eventually uh he just hits the bitter end, his little pump handle slam move and for the one, two, three, and he just shrugs it off cause, you know, it ain't nothing
0: so i I don't really remember the differences between Pete Dunn and Butch, but like, they're making it sound like he's a completely different wrestler. His move set is still identical. He hits all the same moves. he's He's dressed in the same ring gear. Uh, he he just comes out with a fucking vest and has different entrance music, like okay, it's cool to have like the nostalgia feels, like when Sami Zayn went back to his old music, you know, stuff like that. But I I felt like this one was a little uh, extreme and obnoxious.
1: No, no, it's Peter Dunathan himself, brother, the Bruiser way, not Butch, eh, dude.
0: <laughs> I mean, Butch was a pretty lame character. And and it was so lame that his homeboy Ridge Holland got demoted to NXT.
1: Yo, which which we like, man, like what happened? Like, goodness, and he came out like on NXT so sad, his music sucked, like the people didn't really care about him, he didn't talk. I was like, is he a jobber now?
0: I I think he's just a big man jobber, uh, which is kind of sad because he was pretty fun, Ridge the Fridge. But I don't know, maybe they just maybe they're gonna do one of these things where they like reinvent his character eight times in NXT to finally see what like catches him over.
1: Like one, I felt they gotta change his name, and two, he don't uh, he looks smaller. I don't know.
0: They're they're gonna give him the uh, the Luchasaurus uh, treatment. They're just gonna like give him a weird ring gear and and give him a mask to wear or something that like literally doesn't even make sense.
1: <laughs> you know what? Put this. Yeah, they're gonna give him the leftover
0: gear from carrying uh, Cross's outfit. Yeah, they're gonna go back and be like, oh, let's. All the things that we tried with Cross and failed. but see, that's the thing is, I feel like they don't even like this dude as much as they like Cross. They love Cross. We don't love Cross. They love Cross. They love that man, and that yeah, like, I don't know man. They love that man. I don't I don't get it, whatever. But yeah, so after the match, we get pretty deadly complaining about, "Oh, Pete Dunn is not butch, and they were not prepared.
1: Yeah, they said, what is he going to change every week? <laughs> that got me.
0: Yeah, yes, yes, boy. Yes, boy, they they may or they may not. Um, all right, so another series of segments and storyline stuff that we had. We, we had like two segments on this. Uh, Bobby Lashley and the Prophets had a little like vignette. Um making threats towards the final testament that they're the real mobsters in the ring around here. Uh name a time and a place. And so I guess they really did scrap this pride name.
1: Yeah, the revelation. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know, they're just calling each other out, yada yada, yada. I feel like uh, authors are paying, like y'all just can't wear these bulletproof vests everywhere. Like could you wear something different? Like I feel like with what's going on, you should have a different outfit, but I don't know what. But all right, whatever.
0: Yeah, they're like a like a cross between the Dudley Boys and Shield Roman. Yeah. Um, and then we get an answer later on. We get a final testament vignette. They call Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits, the Yes Men of the company. Uh, they, they don't get the opportunities because they're savages and they make people nervous. And I'm like, bro, nobody's gotten more fucking opportunities in this goddamn company than you have. And you fumbled all of them. And also I'm like, with, with how they're spinning this, which we're getting a match next week. Does this actually make Bobby and the prophets faces? Like, is that is that what the whole purpose of this is?
1: I guess like that's that's the only thing I can consider, you know what I'm saying? They're just trying to be like they just changed their characters now,
0: you know, they're businessmen, right? I don't know. They tried, man, but Bobby, like the crowd just refused to boo Bobby Lashley.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're so they're all great and entertaining, and you took the Street Prophet's music away, but you didn't I mean they got the swag like nobody can. Like y'all should know that of all people.
0: Yeah, I mean, Tez and, and Bobby are super likable. Dawkins is kind of whatever, but, you know, it works out. He he says some funny stuff from time to time. Um, all right, so we've also got the KO show tonight with Logan Paul. KO introduces Logan Paul much to his chagrin. Uh, however, Logan hijacks the show. It's his show now. He thanks KO, telling KO that he's the reason why he's even in the WWE it's because KO embarrassed him at WrestleMania three years ago when he showed up as a celebrity guest and got stunned. And he, uh, he, as in Logan Paul, needs to prove that he belongs here. KO barely remembers the incident. He's just one of many to him, one of many stunners. Uh, however, he does give props to Logan Paul because he got better, far better than anybody expected, and uh, newsflash, he still ain't one of them. Uh, Logan doesn't really want to be one of them. He's, you know, I'm, I'm me. He lists a random bunch of bullshit, including, uh, you know, a, a billionaire on paper, uh, of what he is. Ko, however, has heard all of the insert uh, insults that Logan Paul's thrown his way about his weight, his looks, and uh, he he can't just attack Logan Paul like he. Wants to deep down inside because Logan Paul is protected. And that's why he's the champ. Is He was so protected in his way to gold. And KO is disgusted about it. Logan Paul says, you don't want to talk about protected. Your hand is protected. And I've knocked all my opponents out. KO antagonizes him saying, you can't knock me out. And you know what? You want, you want to complain about this? He saw everything in the threats about the lawsuit and whatnot. You want me to ditch the cast? Fine, I'll ditch the cast for the fight. You know what? Matter of fact, I'll take it off right now. As he's taking it off, KO uh, gets a sucker punch in the back of the head from Logan Paul. KO, indeed, is not KO'd. He don't stay down. He leaves a brief beatdown on the, uh, the the social media megastar or whatever they like to call him. And then Logan Paul uh, goes the, the coward route and attacks KO's broken hand that is no longer protected.
1: Yeah, I like the little promo battle that they had that they had here. And I very much so enjoyed it because of the fact that they were talking shit about each other. And I think that they were that was a shoot, brother. Because KO was talking about like it's a joke that you're the champion and this and that. And I think he actually feels that way. And he's like, I don't like you, you're just another celebrity out here. Getting in the way of my job, and you are protected because there probably is a whole bunch of shit that he could say that he's like I just can't say that on TV because it wouldn't promote our company and they wouldn't want to see this and they would want you to go away. So I'm like like that's that's a fucking shoot, but I get you know the for who Logan Paul is, he does have a lot of you know things attached to his name, so it, you know it's not whatever, right? But this was interesting. Uh, obviously, you know, KO's gonna take his shit off. His hand is hurt, but he's still gonna overcome and he's still gonna win that title on at the Royal Rumble,
0: I believe. He better, man. He better. Like I, I want I want it on KO. I don't want it on Logan Paul. Um I don't like Logan Paul, but like I do give him props for like immediately establishing dom Mysterio level heat. Uh but yeah I don't I don't need him with a belt. He can pop in and out as he pleases. I don't I don't need him as a regular. And and we've already got too many part-time champions these days. Yeah. All right, so non part-time champions. We do have a title defense. We got the witches. The witches are here, bro. We got party girls versus unholy union.
1: The unholy Union. Wow. That's what we went with. And the entrance gear they came out in looked like they're going to Comic Con or they're LARPing or something. I don't know. I guess that's what we're doing now. Okay, great. The witches are here. The unholy union's here. Damage control is also here with only Bailey on commentary, but they're all out there just. Having a grand old time. And, uh, yeah. So at the bell, they just jumped them. The unholy union. They just jumped, uh, Caden and Katana. Uh, they did the first move that they did. They hit a super kick into like a belly to back suplex, which was beautiful. Um, Bailey's on the announce, you know, calling things into the mic and she calls herself the mommy slayer basically saying she's going to go on to the rumble win to you know take out Rhea Ripley so i like i like that one that was cute um they hit katana and kaden did like a combo frankensteiner throwing isla dawn down onto alba fire and she had like zero rotation on this shit So she just, like, her whole tailbone and spine just went dead into the chick's, like, stomach and sternum. I know that, like, knocked the air out of her. She was not happy with that. But uh, they hit some, Katana hit some type of weird destroyer. They ended up hitting a keg stand on Abba Fire for the win. So kind of weird how they just won against this team we haven't seen in forever. but before you know they can celebrate asuka and Kyrie have the belts the kabuki warriors and they get in the ring and they're just dancing with the belts just taunting them and they're just dancing and with the belts and having a good time and everybody's talking mess and i'm like what the hell is going on and then bailey's like Oh uh, yeah, looks like we got a tag title match, and I'm like, "What is that? Are they hypnotizing them, or is it the witch?" I'm like, "What the hell's going on?" And then they like, Kyrie takes a knee, and Oscar doesn't take a knee, but they both hand in the belts, and then they kind of like dance as the the segment ends, and I was like, "What the hell is that?"
0: Yeah, the only thing I took from that is like, I just want to get the belts on Kabuki Warriors ASAP. Um, you know when. When the party girls first I, I don't remember if they were drafted or how it was more or less said that they were on the main roster, I think we're all kind of excited for it. It was like, wow, this is a real women's tag team that we got, you know, and let's let's spice up this stale division. And like I already want them to not have the belts anymore, you know. Like I just Katana chance is too small for me to believe anything. And she um like Kyrie's. Almost as small as Katana Chance is, but she doesn't wrestle like she's as small as Katana Chance is. Like I Katana Chance is so fucking small that I I just I can't believe anything that she does in the ring other than like acrobatic y things, but still it's like, you know, okay, you just dropped a wet paper towel on me. Like is that supposed to hurt?
1: Unfortunately, yeah. That's always my gripe with smaller women. Like you gotta do something and EO, Kyrie, you know, they kind of figured it out. You know, even Liv Morgan, you know what I'm saying? She's kind of figured it out. You know, Sasha Banks and even Alexa Bliss at times, right? People we haven't seen in a minute. But some of these other women, like they're just mainly, you know, Katana and sometimes Candice LeRae. It's just, you know, what are you doing
0: out there, you know? I think the big thing is a lot of those girls that you named are, are like close-ish in height to Katana, but they've probably got twenty to thirty pounds of extra muscle on them, uh, over Katana. Like Katana is just it has nothing. You know what I mean?
1: One hundred percent. There's a stark weight difference, and not not in a, uh, in, a ma- in a, in a mass differential, right? Let's just phrase it like that, I guess.
0: Yeah, like you know, she she can't really run off the ropes. She she goes to and the ropes just don't move. Whereas these other girls like can actually generate enough momentum to bounce off the ropes. Exactly. So yeah, I I'm ready for them to drop the belts. And I I guess you know, I guess they couldn't fit that in on the Rumble. I guess we gotta we gotta put that in on uh, next week's. Uh. Smackdown, but it'll also give a nice little segue to be able to get damage control over on Raw. So that maybe we get some interaction between Rhea and and those gals there. I don't know. I, I just want the belts on Kabuki Warriors at this point.
1: Yeah, I think it's like trying to quickly build a tag story, potentially to have a match at Rumble. Or on the pre-show, because what's the Rumble card even looking like? We have got the two Rumble matches. We got uh, Seth. N- n- no, no, Seth isn't wrestling. Anymore.
0: No, no, Seth, because he's he's still Roman. injured. Yeah, we've got the Fatal Four Way. We've got the KO US. Logan Paul match. Um, no tags,
1: no men tags, I should say
0: no Gunther. no i don't i don't think that we have a uh, i don't think we have a Rhea match we don't have an eel match that's weird we've got to have i feel like one of them should defend even though at this point unless it gets set up super last second one of them should have a fucking match at rumble You would think, but
1: and like I could see Ria fighting. Well, I guess, I don't know. I still, I still see that Rhea, Naya. I still see that because they, they were still kind of. I don't know if they hinted at it too much, but they were still kind of hinting at that. I don't see anything with EO. Um.
0: That's why I thought that the women's tag match would have been a nice one to have. Like put the belt on Kabuki Warriors at Rumble.
1: And that's what I think
0: they're doing. I
1: think there's some they're building up to that somehow. Either it's gonna be a three-way or four-way, like we're gonna end up seeing Kabuki Warriors, Party Girls, Unholy Union, and Chelsea and Piper or some dumb shit like that. But I don't know if they want to do two four-ways, but I I feel like it's going to be a multi-women match.
0: Yeah, I guess that could work. Um, All right, so we got one last segment to cover here. We've got Kathy Kelly interviewing Carmelo Hayes. Uh, He didn't win last week, but he also didn't lose last week. And at the end of the day, he's still him. We got Theory and Waller showing up. Theory's pissed that he didn't get the spotlight in his own town. Uh, Mello challenges him to a rematch next week in Miami, and uh, Theory Theory's too busy. Like he's he's got shit to do, and and, and that shit ain't uh, Carmelo Hayes. However, Grace and Waller accepts on his behalf, and uh, Theory tells him he needs to stop doing that yeah you know
1: get some set up for uh, you know this match and he's didn't really want that kind of kind of scared and i, I kind of like the look on theory's face you know he's starting to be able to develop more character presence so maybe he uh maybe he does have a future here
0: yeah i don't hate the dude anymore you know like i i, I don't like him yet but i don't hate him yeah you know
1: what i'm saying it's like he it's not a it's not a uh a square peg trying to go in a circle hole anymore, you know. Like now, now, now he fits in the hole, but you know, he just blends in with everything else.
0: Yep. All right. So we did have a episode of NXT. Um, I'm not even gonna lie; I didn't even watch NXT because, to be honest, it's kind of sucked lately. You know, like the I I think the women's division just kind of sucks and is dead, even though we do get that battle royale. And we end up getting uh, uh, Roxanne Perez coming out to be challenger for Lyra Valkyria. Um, we did have a little bit more with the Dusty Classic, I believe. So you know, what what are some brief highlights you got there?
1: Yeah, we had Ridge Holland on NXT, so he's down there hanging out. Uh, the hypest thing for me was Corbin and Braun Breaker. They just had a little backstage segment, but it was just really fun the way they interacted with each other. Um, what's his name? Breaker was way too hype to be a team. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I've been thinking about us, you know, the Wolf Dogs, and we're going to go on and we're going to beat these guys and these guys. And Corbin's like, wait, what the hell did you just call us? And he's like, the wolf dogs. And he's like, I'm not about that. And he's like, how long did that take you? And Breaker's like, "Uh, three to four weeks. And Corbin's like, we've only been a team for two weeks. And then Breaker's like, oh, you know, it just came to me, you know, when I was in the shower. And then Corbin's like, you're thinking about me in the shower? He's like, no, not you, us, bro. Like, us, the team. And he's like, dude, no. (laughs) So... (laughs) And this was pretty fun. And then he's like, I need you to come up with a new name. You're the creative one. That's what Corbin says to Breaker again. And he's like, all right, how about uh, the wild boars? And then he's Corbin walks away at that point. So I thought this was really cute. Um, I think they're going to go on to the finals against Trick Mellow. And they're probably going to beat Trick Mellow. Uh, they were kind of hyping up Trick Mellow. Because Dragonov gave the challenge to Trick for Vengeance Day which is also the same time that the Dusty Cup Finals will be we do have Trick Melo versus LWO coming up because the LWO beat uh, the Chase U Boys I believe and uh, Trick and them beat Idris Nofe and Malik Blade um, we had the big main event which was the Women's Battle Royale And we had the debut of a Ren Sinclair, formerly known as a Maddie Renkowski, um, who actually made her debut in uh, Mission Pro Wrestling from San Antonio, Texas, uh, which is actually owned by Thunder Rosa. So shout out uh, for for the local girl uh, making, making it on the NXT uh but yeah, she's she's out, she lost, right? Um when you get <laughs> to the, the top four women, it turned into a final four or a fatal four way with uh Kiana James, Fallon Henley, Roxanne Perez, and Kalani Jordan. And Kalani was about to win. Um, but Izzy Dame, that random chick who's like Kiana James's best friend now, she like saves her. From from the split-legged moonsault, and then Roxanne hops in, hits the pop rocks for the one, two, three. So we're gonna get Perez versus Lyra in the future, but it looks like they got Kalani in an upper echelon spot. She did have some new ring gear on, so I do I do think that they're kind of hyping her up. Uh, we got jack who's now gonna feud with Joe Gacy. He had a, uh, a a whack match with Trey Bearhill still beefing with them boys. Um, so that's a thing. Um, and then Obafemi, we're probably going to get the rematch with Dragon Lee at Vengeance Day. Obafemi threw out an open challenge, and then Dragon Lee came out, and he's like, I want a challenge, and you got this open challenge thing. It would be perfect for you to fight me and then obafemi's like no the open challenge is now closed (laughs) and (laughs) jack and Lee's like what like i want to fight you at vengeance day and he says you don't get to decide anymore i may consider it and he walks away so we'll see what obafemi decides if uh Dragon Lee's worthy of a match and I don't ever remember Obafemi doing like the Wakanda X right or ever doing the who or anything like that like he comes out there and he puts like a claw up in his hand and he calls himself the Rula but he comes out and the crowd like you know they gotta chant like Trick Williams, Goldberg and shit right and they're they're doing the Wakanda X and they're going whoo (laughs) whoo I saw that I'm like, I don't remember him doing that. I'm like, I feel like the fans were like, I, I think this just fit. And they all just went with it together. So I guess that's just what we do now.
0: Uh, if that's how it happened, that crowd might be slightly racist. Just saying. <laughs> that and that's
1: that that's the uh the full cell university n x t faithful man, like if I lived in Orlando or wherever the hell this was, i'd be that'd be me every Tuesday. I'd be right there, who like i don't know I don't know where that came from. I'd be right right
0: with it, <laughs> yeah, and he can actually go on the microphone a little bit too, yeah, he was uh he wasn't bad. These
1: are presents. Um, I was I was watching with my girl, and I was like, how old do you think this guy is right here? And she's like, I don't know, like 35, 36? I was like, nah, he's 22. <laughs> she said, no, he's not. And she said, ooh. <laughs> yeah, man, so big fans, big bounds in the Henron household, right?
0: Oh, man. Yeah, that's about... All we've got going on for NXT at least for me that I find interesting. I don't know, like I said, the women's division just hasn't been great lately and you know, just, let's 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 get Dragon Lee back up where he belongs, which is on SmackDown. Like this is why I didn't want him winning that belt really. It was cool and all, but but like I I don't want him embroiled in this NXT scene. Like I I'd, I'd rather have him on the SmackDown scene.
1: Joaquin, Wild Dragon Lee as their own tag team. Let's get it. Or maybe they, yeah. they absorb Axiom and then they become their own other trio even better.
0: Yeah, I mean, we need a trio's belt for, for all that to feel good, but yeah. Alright, oh, yeah? so that's, that's pretty much all we've got, sir.
1: Oh, here we it. are. Um, Once again, we do thank you all for uh, tuning in with us for this lovely episode of SmackDown and a sprinkle of NXT action. We will catch you next time where we shall continue to make your lives just a tad bit less miserable. But until then, y'all stay safe and enjoy the day.